yesterday was May Day, and I'm saying May Day because all of the bad takes have me declaring an emergency. <laughs> okay! Got my goal. Okay! That was... That was Hillary Clinton level. <clears throat> yes. Pokemon log off of Twitter. <laughs> um, speaking of logging off. I understand you're engaging in some self-care, as it were. <laughs> Doing all kinds of self-care. I'm, I'm really getting out there and getting some vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from the sun. From the sun. Of my manager. Mm. <laughs> I'm 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 out in the in the garden. I'm tending my garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but somehow I'm like, surely he's done. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm I'm You're tending well, your garden. So I'm right now I'm currently soaking my beans. <laughs> nice. Nice. Very good. I I I I'm starting you know um if if you guys follow me on the Instagram um you should I'm at Aaron LM Goodwin. I'm like that everywhere. Uh, you can see that I'm doing a lot of gardening. I've set up some raised wicking beds, uh, which should be neat. And mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to plant. I have some seedlings and stuff. And I'm I, I'm I'm a little late. I'm like off schedule, but I've never had good luck with like directly sowing my beans or just sticking my beans into the ground. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna germinate them. I'm soaking them in water, hoping that they'll germinate, and then I can put them in. So I'll hopefully have some better success. I don't. We'll see. Um, yeah. But that's 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 literally what I was doing right before I, I <laughs> got on this microphone. What have you been up to? Well, good. Uh, well, I have been. Uh, you know, in quarantine, one has uh, little to do, sort of. You know, outside of being at home. So I've been mm-hmm. setting myself up with like uh, like hobby projects and side projects. But now I've done it too much, uh, and now I've added stress to my life instead of removing it. <laughs> yeah. Because now I have too many things, and when I when I am done with work for the day and I think, what should I do this evening? I'm like, oh, I have all these things that I have yet to finish, and they weigh upon me with a heavy weight, and I do not like it. I keep scheduling all of these. Um, I keep like signing up for like Zoom calls and live streams and things. Yeah, and it's I need, not great. I need to cu- cu- I need to chill out a little bit. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's good. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. I <laughs> I need to remember to like. Would I be doing this during normal times? <laughs> right. Or am I? Yeah. It's you know I'm like overcorrecting basically. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like today today already I've replaced the fans in one of my computers and also soldered a thing. So like. But the thing is, that's probably enough things to do today, like productively, quote unquote, and yet I still am going to feel like I've wasted today. (laughs) Isn't that weird? I love my brain. It's great. It's been causing me lots of trouble lately. I still haven't adjusted to the fact that, like, weekend isn't the only time I can do some things. 
Yeah, that is a little weird for me, too, because sometimes I'll be like, well, you know, like it'll be the middle of the day on like a Wednesday. And I'm like, you know, I could go do such and so thing. And it's like, well, I'm supposed to be working right now. And like, yeah, you're supposed to be working right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, here's, here's the who, thing that you need to talk. Who even cares if I go for a walk for 20 minutes? Well, it, it, does any part of your job entail thinking about something for 20 minutes? Uh, sometimes. Yeah. But, yeah. Pro- say yes. Yeah. So, yes. You have to <laughs> so think I'm for your job. I'm not sure where you're going with this. You have to like problem solve for your <laughs> job. You don't have to be, do that sitting at your desk. Like, this you is can true. Get yes. up and go for a walk, or you can do the yeah. dishes, or like that's what I tell I'm going myself. To go contemplate this bug outside. I, I bet it helps. I bet it actually does. Like, it do, it, yeah, it does. Yes. <laughs> but for some reason, I have some sort of psychosis where I'm like, if I'm not sitting at the computer for all eight hours, uh, I, uh, then I might get in trouble it's, somehow. It's the effect of workism. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. Lear, learned helplessness of workism. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Like, I already uh, am eating from the trash can all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So switch it up. Speaking of trash can, mm. what's this fair and equal Michigan thing you have here? Oh, this is the opposite of a trash can. Oh, this is a very good. This is a call to action. Hey, yes. Um. Uh. So, uh, there is an effort currently going on in the state of Michigan to amend the state's Civil Rights Act to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. Mm. Um, and they were collecting signatures and they were doing that physically because that's typically the way one has to do those things. But uh, lately, that's not how you do those things. Um, so the petition has moved online uh, and you can sign it if you are a registered voter in Michigan at the website fairandequalmichigan.com. It takes like two minutes. It does require DocuSign, which is slightly weird, but uh, it's very easy to do. You can sign the petition to put this uh, basically. Signing the petition, if they get, I think they need like 340,000 signatures. They have 150,000 that last uh, that I checked. So they're pretty, pretty decently on the way there. Um, I like it. The, but this would amend the, the state civil rights act. Um, if all the petitions go through, um, it gets sent to the legislature, sure, which either has to enact it or put it on the ballot as a referendum. So that's the goal, I guess. I don't know Knowledge. because our legislature is Republican controlled if they will just enact it or if they'll put it on the ballot as a referendum and it will probably get passed anyway because I doubt this sort of thing would get voted down in this day and age. But uh, that's the goal anyway. So if you're a registered voter in Michigan, go sign the petition. If you don't, I will find you. <laughs> he will track you down, unfortunately or you. fortunately. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I'll do, but I will find you. <laughs> No, I, but trash can things, one thing that I've been getting, I don't know if you've been getting this, but I've been getting a lot of Instagram ads for, um, cloth face masks <laughs> and specifically like bougie cloth face masks. Like Louis like Vuitton? Like they all talk about, well, not quite, but it's like, you know, it's like all of the, like, uh, you know, it's like the, um, like these would be advertised to you on a podcast or something, right? It's like the Brooklyn of like. Uh, face masks, you know, where it's like, it's like our face mask isn't just a face mask. It has, you know, special 
uh, fabric and we uh, put thoughtful details into the uh, ear loops and all that stuff. We and wanted like, to make the best face mask possible. And we're charging $25 so we, we, we for were one face mask. We were tired of buying bad face masks, so we bought the face mask factory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> What's the sink and bounce on this face mask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, no, you're just, uh, you made a bunch of face masks for very cheap because they're not particularly difficult to make. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're probably, what, like 50 cents each, and then you're turning around and charging like $20 per face mask. It's I like, only no, have, I see the I see the grift that's happening here. I only have an face mask. I, so I ordered some, and then they didn't ship, like, at all, and I didn't think that they were going to ship, so then I ordered some more, and now both have shipped, so oh. now I'm going to be spoiled for face masks. Which I, need, I suppose is better than the alternative. But, I need to get some more because yeah. otherwise I just use a bandana and then people um, start. They look at you funny. It's yeah. very weird. Like, I can't imagine being like a brown or black person. Yeah, well, did you see the, th- this is, we don't have this on list, but did you see the uh, thing that was going around Twitter today of like uh, this poster that some city somewhere was encouraging people to put up that was like, when you enter our establishment, please dip your face masks so that we know you're not here to do crimes. It's so like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. That's, so That's not how this works. <laughs> Just uh, momentarily remove your face mask uh, and completely render the whole point of it uh, useless. Well, you know, it's- so that we so that we know that you're not here to do crimes. Instead, we're not going to assume that of you because that would be too much. <sighs> well, we're, we're not going to start by assuming you're not a criminal. We're going to start by assuming you're a criminal until you show us you smile at us. That's most important. Your life doesn't matter. Yeah. The thing. This is. It's this- the you should smile more of face masks. <laughs> <laughs> the the I. I, I forgot to put this in the notes, so I've just moved it down. I hope you see it. Oh, um, please. I, I love this. But I went to the I went to Lowe's last I, I suddenly week. care much more about face masks than I did four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly have very strong opinions. <laughs> the the I went to Lowe's hardware store to, you know, uh get some much needed supplies for my garden. Right. You you do some quote unquote home improvement. And I ordered it like ahead of time so i could go and pick up but um yeah you know i mean these days you don't want to be in a lows for too too long right well apparently you do if you're a boomer so oh i went there on a i i think i was i took a sick day because i had had a huge migraine and then like later mid like later in the late morning i was feeling a lot better so i went to go i was like well i'll go pick up that stuff i had ordered um right and so it was like, you know, I think it was a Tuesday at like 10 a.m., 11 a.m., Tuesday at 11 a.m., and mm. it was the busiest I've ever seen it in my entire life. Oh, great. There was, Lovely. It Do was you understand that? Full that seems great. to the brim of boomers just milling about, and like half of, they have no idea how to wear a mask. Half of them had the mask like under their nose. Yeah, I've. I've I've seen this where they have you know they have like the N95 respirator because they like yeah. painted their house yes. ten years ago and it's they still have the mask those but they're only but they're only wearing it with like one of the two loops yeah or it's just like hanging it, like, loosely over either, half their mouth it either won't fit around their massive head or it's just uncomfortable for them <laughs> I just I, I I just think they don't care I think they're just they don't believe in it so they're just right doing they're like it well they know they have yeah, to. I, Right. Yeah, it's like fine, I'll put on the mask thing. 
That way you don't get mad at me. So I went in there. They were just like hanging out. Like, you know, all the the patio furniture that they'll have, like patio furniture displays on the inside. They're all Mm -hmm. it's full. There's no empty rattan seats whatsoever. (laughs) They're just lounging about having Uh. cocktail hour. The enormity of their stupidity is just overwhelming. They have, they have, they have no idea what six feet looks like. Yeah. Like they even have. Well, be little... fairness, I, I don't really know what six feet is either. I just well, stay far enough. Would you away. say it's probably longer? If you are uh, the average male height is like just under I, six I, feet. Yeah, How, your I, wingspan I would say my is personal feet, bubble. So your wingspan is about it. Yeah, I would say my personal bubble is about six feet. So when people start to intrude in what to, I consider my personal bubble, that's yeah. They like, they oh, are yeah. they're like half an arm length away. It and there's like lines like when you wait in line to get into the store because they only let so many people in. You know, like they have to have people leave before they let more people in. They have right. six feet marks on the ground, and none of them abide by the marks. Oh, cool! They just stand where the results have been. Incredible. They have to touch everything. I well, obviously, yeah. Like they're they're just like moving their hands all over everything. I, mm. It's it's like a toddler. It's it's interesting because I see up here. I obviously see quite a lot of people like that, but then I also see a fair amount of boomers who've gone the opposite direction, and they're like, I mean, they might as well be walking around in like a hazmat suit, <laughs> like they have a, like they're in they're in the grocery store. They're wearing a mask. They're like wearing a hat and sunglasses, and then they have like two pairs of latex gloves on their hands, <laughs> nice. trying to like operate their phone with the latex gloves. It's like I think. I, yeah, maybe just wash your hands really good. <laughs> I I don't I, I I haven't seen that. That would be better. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> up than sorry. here it's it's all a mix. You have the people who clearly like just either they don't have a mask or they don't care. Yeah, you know, so they're just wandering around, and then the people who are massively overcompensating, and then people in between. It's odd. It's very odd. I was trying to think like why this is like what's the cause of this like. Mm. why are boomers you know yeah and frankly it's a question that has baffled philosophers for ages i and 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 this sentence came into my mind and i'm not going to elaborate on it 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 it, i'm (laughs) just going to act as a vessel we will wow wow hang on i mean that is the boomer show (laughs) it's true Uh, but i was trying to we will not be accepting further questions after this. Yeah. It, <laughs> Do not the, email it's us. It's just this. They are like a Promethean creation of consumerist neoliberalism. So what that... No, see, I'm not going to go. <laughs> just think on it, okay? Oh, yeah. Um, another thing that I thought of lately is uh, I've come up with a third law. I think I only have two laws. Do you? Can you have, re- can you recapitulate the first and second laws? I don't. I, I have them written down somewhere, mm. but uh, obviously they're not. I don't use them that much if I can't think of them. Right. Well, you know, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, does anyone uh, even remember like the? I mean, you've got the. There are so many laws. It's hard to remember. Well, I remember Houston's law because it's just that one's pithy. It's pithy. It's simple. <laughs> You know, but I mean, who remembers like the first or second law of thermodynamics? 
know? something matter cannot be created or destroyed. Is that the? Yeah, but I I don't know whether that's the first or second one. <laughs> I mean, and frankly, who cares? <laughs> yeah. da, 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 da. Anyway. I get the gist of it. <laughs> right. Um, but you've you've come up with a third law, Godwin's thir- third law, my thir- Good- Goodwin's Good- Goodwin's, <clears throat> Goodwin's third law. I read I read I read this in the show notes as Godwin's third law, and I was <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go. Uh oh, <laughs> he got a new one. Uh, no, so it's this: non confidant in eu qui uitar quam qui in sententia ni unum gidium sententium latin, which translates. No. From I like it. To never trust a person who uses more than one Latin phrase in a single sentence. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, uh, per se, ipso facto, <laughs> QED. <laughs> no, I think this is a good point, because usually the people that are doing that are like faux academics. Yeah. Who are just trying to sound smart. Well, even if they are smart, they would realize that people... That's true. They could just be academics who think they're smart but are actually dumb. It could be. Or so. they are smart and they're purposely trying to obfuscate their point. Right. Because they... A priori. Uh, <laughs> they're just purposely yeah. trying to be unclear so that you just accept what they have to say because you're like, well, he's a smart guy. Right. So, well, and it's, you know, I, I don't know if you have more to say on this. No, that's about that. it. And I think it leads into what you wanted to... Uh, yeah, speaking here. of people who try to obscure their points, um, this is an investigation. It's entitled, Does Ben Shapiro Only Sound Smart Because He Talks Fast? This is a thing My that I proposed to you. I think, I think I proposed this to you several months ago, and now I've finally gotten around to actually like producing the requisite sound clips. But, well, so you I started do, off with the hypothesis. Yeah. And you right. follow that through experimentation. I had to I had to I had to write up a research proposal and get funding, but I'm right. proud to announce that the National Science Foundation has funded this study, which we're gonna do live here. Well and the uh, council the of at the Institute million for Society dollars. and Politics has also been involved. Don't I mean we Well, right. That's too. the I mean the NSF granted us the money, the, right. the institute the money. Um, but yeah, so this is so Ben Shapiro was on some sort of program. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, this week, in which he said some very dumb things about COVID nineteen, um, and I thought this was a very good clip um, because he talks very fast in it. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna listen to the clip at normal speed, and then I've slowed it down twenty percent. We're gonna see what we think. Okay. So here's the original. Wants to say the obvious truth, which is that we're all making actuarial deductions about what are the costs in terms of how many human lives. How many how many years of life? Because that is an actual issue in actuarial tables, right? If, if somebody who is 81 dies of COVID-19, that is not the same thing as somebody who is 30 dying of COVID-19. I mean, if this were killing children, everyone would be in for lockdown forever. That's the reality, right? If a bunch of five-year-olds were dying of COVID-19 and, and people were saying get back to work, I'd be like, nope, I'm not letting my five-year-old die. If grandma right. dies in a nursing home at age 81, that's tragic and it's terrible. Also, the life expectancy in the United States is 80. So that that is not the same. Okay, and then here's, I've, I've slowed this down 20%. Nobody just wants to say the obvious truth, which is that we're all making actuarial deductions about what are the costs in terms of how many human lives, how many, how many years of life, because that is an actual issue in actuarial wow. tables, right? If, if somebody who is 81 dies of COVID-19, that is not the same thing as somebody who is 30 dying of COVID-19. I mean, if this were killing children, everyone would be in for lockdown forever. That's the reality, right? If a bunch of five-year-olds were dying of COVID-19 and, and people were saying, get back to work, I'd be like, nope, I'm not letting my five-year-old die. 
If grandma right. dies in a nursing home at age 81, that's tragic and it's terrible. Also, the life expectancy in the United States is 80. So that, that is not the same thing. What do you think? We got him. <laughs> I think... I think there is, you know, when I listen to the normal speed thing, it is, he talks so fast, it is kind of hard to, uh, uh, you know, piece apart what he's saying. But when you slow it down, you realize that he just is uh, like any other right wing radio chud. Um, <laughs> like he sounds kind of like Rush Limbaugh and his opinions are just as bad. It's, 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 they're just it's, obscured to you because he talks very fast. And he doesn't just talk very fast in a, in a, like a very long sentence. He does these little blah, 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 blah. Right, so like, yeah. It's like little, you a it's moment like burst to fire. Think, and then, nope, nope, back on. So like the moment your thinking kicks in, he's like, no, don't do that. Yeah, right. He gives you a moment to be like, now, wait a minute. I don't, and then he distracts you again. But when you slow it down, you're like, wait a minute. This guy's full of crap. <laughs> and he sounds a little bit like Keith Olbermann to me, which is... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's the discovery here. Perhaps Ben Shapiro is Keith Olbermann. Maybe we need a follow-up study. Wow. Is he? Wow. Keith truthers is what we've become. <laughs> We're going to be like the, the Paul is dead people, but for like Ben Shapiro, <laughs> ben Shapiro is Keith Olbermann. It's actually Keith Olbermann sped up. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to have to find... <laughs> Now we gotta do a study on we're, that. We're gonna Call have to get Keith Oberman clips and speed them up. I'm so excited to get clips from Keith Oberman's show in like 2016 and 17, where he was like doing the whole resistance it's, it's guy thing. It's gonna be thing. hard with all the echo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was literally like him in his basement. That's the level he's unfortunately <laughs> sunken to. It was so bad. He's just like draped in an American flag, Mr. sitting in his basement. Mr. Trump, sir. Uh you've done a bad job, and you should feel bad. No, oh my. Meanwhile, gosh. Ben Shapiro's like, um, AOC is, um, she's a big dumb, um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, God, uh, can, more bad opinions uh, that conservatives have. Just bring um, them on, inject them straight into my veins. The the Prager University, which I will remind you once again is not a university but a YouTube channel, has posted uh, an image that I think is very memeable. Wait, wait, just a but, second. Um, I just had a thought. Maybe they're not trying to be a university. Maybe oh. Prager is a verb. And they're trying hmm. to Prager you. Oh, I don't like that. They're trying. <laughs> they're trying to inseminate your mind. No, I don't. Mm -mm. With uh, conservatism. No. <laughs> oh, well, maybe. Mm? I don't like it, though. You were banned from. The yeah. Anyway, um. It's just a picture of Dennis Prager sitting in his overstuffed leather chair. Mm -hmm. And it says, the lockdown is the greatest mistake in the history of humanity. Of course, the thing is, it's very editable. You could very easily Photoshop this text to say anything else, um, which I hope people will do. Yeah. Um, also, it's a very dumb sentiment. Um, I don't know why they tweeted this. Oh, someone did. Uh, <laughs> someone did Photoshop it. What Lovely. did they put? <laughs> It's a little, it's a little gross. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I'm the guy who just talked about Prager you. Yeah, want to Prager you. It's a, it's a, just it's the picture, but it says sometimes when I go poop in the paper rips, I lick my fingers to see if there is poop on them. 
that's pretty good. Uh, um, amongst us? Yeah, they pronounced that the, the lockdown is the greatest mistake in the history of humanity, and people replied to them and said, um, what are you talking about? And they Holocaust said, uh, you've confused you've confused the greatest evil and the greatest mistake, and they're different. For those who confuse mistake with evil, Dennis said over and over on his radio show that the worldwide lockdown is not an evil. It is a mistake. They are not synonyms, which is a very like, no, no, you no, you're wrong. No, listen, you misunderstood our bad tweet. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, no, it's it's very dumb because you know it's they violated it's Euster's, not a mistake. Euster's law. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's just been rampant violations of Huster's law lately I that mean, I had to. to I be, issued a tweet attempting to crack down on it. To be but, honest, uh, I mean it, it, it. Everyone, everyone doing this is taking their their life into their own hands. Uh, yeah, you, and you do it at your own risk. <laughs> Inshallah, the they will you, survive it. You will but... suffer the consequences, fortunately or unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, a little a a, pro, a promised uh, discussion that that I I said I, that we're going to yes. talk talk about the the brothers Stater. Peace be upon them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stater brothers is a amazing grocery chain in the in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um I need to oh you know what I need to find I need to find you so let's let's talk talk about the history. It's basically, you know, one of these like wartime veterans after World War II, you know, started started a market and then it became a grocery chain, yada 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 yada. Um mm-hmm. But the cool thing about Stater Brothers, <clears throat> well, I love the aesthetics of Stater Brothers. So, mm. uh, I'm looking at the website. I like the logo even. Well, that's a good logo, but uh, do you see the, are you looking at the red one? Yes. Do you see the one that has, just do a Google image search for Stater Brothers. And you should see one that's like a blue ribbon. Now that's the one I grew up with. Oh yeah, like a yeah, uh huh. And then well, they that did one's good. It's yeah, a little and, bit of like a Paps Blue Ribbon kind of. Yeah, logo. that's like the OG Stater Brothers. And then you should see one that's like red Cooper Black with oh, the yeah. ribbon in the middle. <laughs> and that's <laughs> it's, a, it's a a little much, but yeah. You know me, I'm a whore for Cooper Black. You, yeah, you, I, right. you put that on anything, and I'm gonna like it. Uh, the thing is they could have just done the cooper black they didn't have to put the old logo in the new logo but so there's no, like okay, stater whatever. brothers in stater brothers right what it says is stater bro stater bros <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but they're pretty cool they, they they're like they do a lot of local stuff like with their stores um and there's there's literally nothing unique about them they are the mm. most basic grocery store like you think of the prototypical american grocery store that's what it is but it's like good prices all like their produce is always like super high quality um and you know what you're getting and the other thing that i love about them uh maybe do a google image search uh for stater brothers uniforms They're not going to look like uh, 
like steak and shake people are they no. i guess you don't have a frame of reference for that i with don't the, i don't know what a steak and sh- <laughs> wait what is a steak wait have i been to no i've been to steak and shake i don't think you've been to a steak and shake no you would you would have known if you've wait, been to a steak and shake steak and sh- i'm thinking of shake shack i've been to steak and shake you've been yeah. to steak and shake i love you know they're goofy shake. you know they're goofy hats yeah 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 yeah. yeah. this is kind of similar they got the bow ties and the ties <laughs> Yeah, they got well. That's the meat. The meat department wears the red, and they got the bow ties and the hats. Oh, so but they have different. Most of the clerks are wearing everything's brown. They got brown ties, mm-hmm. brown vests. Right. Bra- yeah. I mean, brown to me is so underrated as a clothing color. Yeah. Well, you know why that is? Because why well, racism? No, because it got overused in the seventies. Oh. Oh, yeah, like yeah. avocado and brown and like gold. Yeah, it all, it, yeah, they 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 overdid it and then we overcorrected and now we don't have enough brown. There's not enough brown. There's a shortage of brown. That's not, that's actually that's a policy position. Uh, that's an official uh position of this podcast is that there's not enough brown. Yeah. Not yeah. enough brown. So <laughs> <can't> That's tell. not a euphemism. <laughs> so, I want to be very clear about that. So like one of the cool things is Stater Brothers, like, I've known people who work there, and it's a grocery store. I mean, it's not the the best job in the world, right? It's a, Right. But it, for a grocery store, they're pretty good. Um, well, and you say that they are a, like, basic grocery store, but you know what? Sometimes I'm not in the mood for a bunch of frills. Like, I don't want to deal with, like, Whole Foods, you know, like, quirkiness or Trader Joe's. I just yeah. want to get some groceries. You don't want to get, so you I don't want to have that. to dip into a bin for things. Right. Yeah, I just want, you know, it's very good. It's like, do one thing well kind of right. thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. the cool thing is, like, um, there's this quote from, from a... I think he's like a labor person. He said during the devastating 2003 strike lockout that brought Safeways and Vons to their knees, there was like actually a few grocery state, like a bunch of the grocery store chains at that time. There was like a huge organized strike. Um, the organized unions never struck a Jack Brown store. Jack Brown was the guy who started Stater brothers. Uh, not the butchers, not the bakers, not the service workers because the rank and file blue collar could always count on Jack Brown to do the right thing. Um, it said he opened stores in food deserts to support low income families, supported families, run suppliers and champion employees. Uh, he was uniquely focused on raising the standards of living for shoppers. So he, they, they treat their employees really well. I mean, they, you know, it's, it's a boss. It's still a crap situation. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) But yeah working for somebody well, else but you know i mean uh, the standards are low for this kind of industry but still it's one of those things that, that it makes you it makes you realize why people in the 50s and 60s were like okay they like were like okay with capitalism right because that's yeah. sort of like when people when the capitalists play nice it people are generally like okay this is good you know like my boss treats me well well and that's the the reason that we've come to the point we're currently at as a society is because they got too greedy to be honest and it was inevitable if if they had shared if they had not been so greedy if they had shared a little bit more of the wealth we probably would not have gotten to this point but they can't so <laughs> you can't help themselves they can't not do it and anyhow, Stater Brothers, one of the recent things they did that was cool was they, they bumped their workers' hourly rate $2 uh, for, during the, the, um, 
the initial lockdown or uh, quarantine. Mm-hmm. So that's two extra dollars good. an hour. Pretty good. Yeah. That, I mean, that's yeah, that's pretty good considering other grocery stores have not done anything close to that. <laughs> yeah. Or just like not called people in. And th- yeah, it's been. Yeah. So speaking of things I, you can buy yeah. the groceries. Anyhow, Stater Brothers, I love it. It's a it's a very Southern California, so specifically the Inland Empire area uh, thing. Mm. So shout out to fellow Stater Brothers shoppers. Yeah. We you can love buy, it. Speaking of what you can buy at, at uh, the store. Yeah. So a couple episodes ago, we did the uh, Dark Chocolate Power Rankings. Um, and I have... Uh, uh, since acquired more chocolate, um, some on the recommendation of some of our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. So I have in front of me now, I have three separate bars of lint chocolate. Ooh. Um, I have the touch of sea salt, the 78% cocoa, and the 85% cocoa, and I'm prepared to render judgment here. Oh, okay. Um, I, do, I do have to go and find my um, previous uh, chocolate power rankings from whatever episode that was. Oh, here we go. Let me just copy. So these you're gonna you're gonna try these live on air. Well, I have already tried oh, them, okay. but I am going to issue my my judgments upon uh, gotcha. uh, on them live I'm on air. So, so um, <coughs> previously in first place was um, the lint seventy two percent. I think that's still my favorite. Um, I think that's still the the best. Uh, uh, the, the best proportion of dark chocolate to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the touch of sea salt comes next. I like the touch Ooh. of sea salt. That was a very good recommendation. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I like it a lot. The sea salt, it's like big flakes of sea salt yeah. too, so they kind of are crunchy. Um, it, it's got mouth a little bit of mouth feel, like when it when that salt hits your tongue, and it's like, ooh, what's going on here? Right. Yeah. Yeah. When the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie. <laughs> um. Still like the Whole Foods dark chocolate for number three, I think. Um, after that, I think I'm going to go the 78% lint. Oh. Um, and then uh, we have the, the Godiva dark chocolate and then the 85% lint. This one was specifically recommended to us or to me in particular. However, I think that is uh, a, a bit too dark for me personally. I have um, one of those in my freezer. I had yeah. two of them. I still have one left over, and I'm not a huge fan of it. It's, it's high quality dark chocolate. I think it's just a little too dark for my tastes. Personally. I like the it's. I think it's 85 or 89. I think it's 85 percent green and blacks mm. is a lot smoother. The problem with the lint one is that it's too. Um, it's like too chalky on your tongue. Like, yeah. Right. That's the thing is that it when you have it, it's so dark and the texture is such that it feels like it's like encompassing your whole mouth. It's like a, it's, it, it's like its a, it feels like you're you're trying to like suck on powdered peanut butter or something like it. It's not right. a good feel. It, the, the bitterness I can handle, but. Right. Yeah. But I'm still pleased that Lint uh, is still pretty good chocolate, I have to say. I need to to expand to other brands but it is somewhat difficult to get hold of them at the moment so yeah if anybody has we'll suggestions or you, in the future. Or, you know you want to email them to us uh yeah email us a chocolate bar right <laughs> we accept e-chocolate slide slide the chocolate into our dms <laughs> oh that's a <laughs> uh, uh.
We got him. Anyway. Um. Oh, is that it? Are we? Uh, that that was it. Yes. That was yes. it? Okay. <laughs> Very well organized on the podcast here. Listen, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. That's the name of the show. Yeah. Right. If you haven't got I mean, that, I by assume now. this is what t- people tune in for. So. Yeah. Um, are you aware of the website The Federalist? I am, and for a quite maybe for several years, I was subscribed. I think I might still be subscribed to their oh, that's unfortunate their, their podcast. Hmm. Yeah, just, so the, just the, to the know context here. Well, go ahead. Just Sorry, to know, like I like to keep my finger on the pulse of these these knuckleheads. Like I I right. subscribe to the Bulwark, which is like the um never trumper podcast okay yeah uh, and the federalist podcast and then there's like another sort of right-wing one that's like whatever the like never trumper version of the insurgents is hmm yeah I don't so know. i don't know it's like whoever the the conservative ken klippenstein is you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and whoever his friend is yeah <clears throat> uh, but the federalist is a i would venture to say far right <laughs> news source Mm. um they've gotten in trouble before because on their website they had a heading for black crime which is cool (coughs) love that love Love to to see see that um but uh um i think the federalists got away with a lot of this stuff and it wasn't perceived as like far right because um but they were basically publishing a lot of the same stuff as Breitbart, but their websites they were kind great. of Breitbart, but with like yeah, but with like a necktie, <laughs> yeah, so that it's, they it's, looked their a little nicer. Gray. There's some more serif going on, so people are right. like, "Oh, yeah, this is a like real a, newspaper." Yeah, it's a polished up version of Breitbart, essentially. Yeah, basically, um, so uh, the the one of the co-founders of Breitbart recently got in trouble with the National Labor Relations Board because uh, back in June of 2019. When uh, Vox Media's uh, employees um, went on strike demanding a collective bargaining agreement, uh, this guy, whose name is Ben Dominic, something like that. Dominic, I think. Yeah, he tweeted, um, he tweeted, FYI, at Federalist, first one of you tries to unionize, I swear I'll send you back to the salt mine. Um, which is a clear violation of federal labor, labor law that says that you cannot try to, uh, you know, intimidate, um, you cannot, you can't threaten and intimidate your workers, right? Section eight, a one of the Wagner act. It shall be an unfair labor practice for an employer to interfere with restraint or coerce employees in the exercise of the rights guaranteed in section seven, namely the rights to unionize and bargain collectively. Um, so what happened this week is that the National Labor Relations Board um, proposed a form of settlement to Mr. Dominich, wherein he would have to basically delete the tweet, I think, and then like put up some posters saying that the Federalist will not interfere with its right uh, of its employees to unionize, um, which th- that's like a pretty standard thing to do. Um, and he has rejected this settlement because his joke, quote unquote, as he contends it, uh, he believes is a matter of free speech that is being infringed. Um, so this was a whole thing. There were a lot of people on right Twitter that were crying about governmental overreach. Um, and they are um, suddenly super absolutist about uh, free speech rights. 
Um, it's funny because they're like, oh, this is clearly a case where it's a joke and it's free speech. But then if you were to like do anything that they would consider defamatory, they would immediately be on you for that. Um, so they misunderstand how these things work. Um, but it later emerged that the person, uh, who first filed a complaint based on this tweet was none other than Matt Brunig, which is deeply amusing. Um, so then people were mad at him. Uh, namely one baseball crank. Well, Matt um, Brunig, he, he, I mean, just for some context, people don't know who he is. He does not work at the Federalist. Right. He but is. You don't have to work at a place to file a complaint. That's one it. of the most beautiful things. And I think everyone should know this, that if you witness a labor rights violation by an employer, um, you do not have to be connected to it in order to file a complaint. You can file a complaint on behalf of the workers of that that place. So something to something to keep in mind. You got people who are looking for hobbies to do in this troubled time. Mm-hmm. You see, you see Jeff Bezos do something. Yeah. File a complaint. You see, right? You see some guy in your in your hometown, some boss doing something crazy. File it. <laughs> Maybe he'll have to put up a poster. Right. So um, the thing here was that, so, you know, the the National Labor Relations Board investigated and um, at one point attempted to um, get hold of emails that the uh, uh, that the Federalist folks had sent. And this is where the the Federalist guy hired a civil rights lawyer. Um, And my theory here is that it's not actually a matter of free speech, but more just that they didn't want. Uh, them getting hold of the emails that we might find out who actually funds the Federalist, because that's an open question. Yeah. Because the Federalist just sort of popped up one day, and it's not entirely clear how it funds its operations. Well, usually so people that hide that sort of thing um, because it's like everyone would like it too much. Oh, yeah, know? right. Exactly. <laughs> Never yeah. because it's scary and bad. Right. Um, yeah, but there was this guy, so this, um, person, this lawyer from the new civil liberties Alliance, whose name is, and I'm not making this up, Philip Hamburger, <laughs> um, was their lawyer. <laughs> and, uh, um, proceeded to make, um, what are basically, well, basically a very, bunch of very bad arguments. Matt Brunig actually, um, recap this on his website the the backstory here is that the reason that matt brunick files these complaints is because out of college he became a lawyer for the national labor relations board so he knows how these things work it was particularly funny because he was tweeting at the baseball crank about this and the baseball crank questioned his credentials and then someone else posted his resume and the baseball crank was like oh huh and then proceeded to completely forget that and continue to argue with him into the next day. Well, and then you know what cool. the baseball crank went on to do. He he went on to use multiple Latin phrases in all of his tweets, <laughs> thus right. triggering now, I Goodwin's third law. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so from Matt Brunig's uh, 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 summary here, um, you know, uh, basically, last week, an administrative law judge at the NLRB concluded that the Federalist top manager violated the National Labor Relations Act with his tweet. It's an obvious, cor- obviously correct decision that is consistent with both statute and NL- NRLB case law. Um, this has been litigated before. Um, most recently, uh, Dave Portnoy, who is the head of the Barstool Sports website, also tweeted a similar anti-union thing, got in trouble and settled, and they had to put up 
posters and things saying that they wouldn't interfere, which was deeply amusing because Dave Portnoy is a guy who's basically a Twitter troll and mm -hmm. uh, he got owned, which is always hilarious to see. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, this, this is the, um, so then Mr. Hamburger, um, who is not a labor <laughs> lawyer, um, <laughs> apparently moved, moved to dismiss the case based on jurisdictional requirements in the federal rules of civil procedure, only to be informed by the NLRB that NLRB proceedings have never been governed by the federal rules of civil procedure, which is, you know, can't great. can't be done, that, you're crazy. Yeah. Um. They made a bunch of defenses that were silly. The, the one defense that they had was that he was joking. Um, but of course, the point is that it, it doesn't really matter if it's a joke or not, because it, that's a the, matter of subjectivity, it's, right? It's, it's, how, it's all how you it, interpret it. Yeah. What was and the National Labor Relations Board has established as far back as 1977 that, it, you know, I was joking is not a defense. <laughs> So, yeah, um, but yeah, now he's managed to uh, play this sort of victim game and engage the right wing media Twitter sphere uh, into complaining about government overreach and things like it's that. It's funny because They're you like, know who he's oh, married to, Oh, you guys just to, can't right? take a joke anymore. No, you have to remind me. I know this, but I don't remember. <laughs> he's married to another person who loves to play the victim. Mm. Uh, one Megan McCain. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Great. So. They're just yeah. like a perfect couple. Yeah, it's like, other. listen, uh, I'm the victim here because I made a joke and now the government is coming down on me yeah. for, my, for my joke. I'm a martyr um, for getting owned. Yeah, and he, you know, he tried to say like, oh, you know, uh, uh, something about small business and legal fees and the costs and things like that. And my thing would be, Ben, don't make dumb tweets and you won't get in trouble. Very simple. It's very simple. Extremely easy thing to do. Costs zero dollars not to send the tweet. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, these you, people you can't ever take it. responsibility. Well, it's just funny because they, you know, they're like, oh, hey, I'll make a tweet and it'll be haha funny. But, it, you know, actually, like, I have no intention of ever allowing a union at my company. And this is an oblique way of me saying that without actually saying it. And then they get in trouble and they go, no, wait a minute. You're not allowed to call the mods on me. <laughs> oh, I'd yeah. love to see it's it. It's never my fault. It's That's the thing. <laughs> I want it to be clear. It's never my fault. It's always the fault of someone else. Always. Yeah. It's important that everyone remember that. Yes. Speaking of things never being your, your fault. Mm. Oh, were, did you have more to say? Well, yes. So the, the, these are two things that frankly should have been one bullet point. It's never my fault. Um, I love to serenely insulate myself from criticism by deciding that all criticism is a Russian hoax, perhaps. Um, it's either a Russian hoax or it's gaslighting. Those are the two things. So <laughs> it's never my fault. It's always just bad faith. Yeah. Uh, you know. And that's fine. That means I'm perfect then. So this is great. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> like a week or two ago, uh, National Public Radio more like national poopy radio um, uh, 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 <laughs> we got him <laughs> uh published a interview with a coffee shop owner who who um in uh harlan county kentucky mm -hmm. or wait is that in tennessee in kentucky 
No, it's Kentucky. Harlan, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I was saying Tennessee. Um, it was it was real bad. It was real bad. So you know, Harlan Harlan's like it's not like a huge place. Um, it's like a, yeah, you know, one of those. I'm places. pretty sure I've driven past it, and that's all I can say for <laughs> it's, it. It's one of those places that's like an old coal town kind of a thing you know so the like, population of harlan kentucky is 1745 <laughs> persons yeah yeah so um they they have a coffee shop mm-hmm. that's owned by by this person who is not from harlan they're from like massachusetts and they like went to harvard oh cool and in order to like buy authenticity, they mm-hmm. they decided that they would buy a coffee shop in cool. in uh in Apple Appalachia. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyhow, the 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 original article that they were talking about how people are are quitting because their unemployment benefits are better than the pay and how that's a problem how the government's creating a problem because of that yeah all this this has been a talking point lately is oh my goodness people people are making more on unemployment than at their jobs yeah and it turns out that that's pretty much baloney um but it also turns out that like people were pretty pissed off yeah uh and rightly so i mean one of the things is there's a there's like a leftist podcast that I, I enjoy. I'm subscribed to on Patreon called the, the Trillbillies, mm-hmm. uh, that, that talked about this. Cause that's like right in their neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have like all of this inside information on who these people are and what they did. Like they, some, some teens were like drawing on chalk outside of the, the coffee shop. I guess it's on like sort of a little main street, stripped like you know a revitalization project area you know what those look like you know mm-hmm. and so they were like doing some art in chalk and one of them had had boobies and they mm. called the they called the cops on the kids because hmm. because uh nice. they said customers wouldn't want to come cool so cool. these people are just terrible people mm-hmm. um they they one of their t- one of their talking points on the thing was like why they wanted to open this coffee shop is they said like you know uh every every other metro area you know whether it's New York or Los Angeles or Paris is it's it's they're all the same now they've lost all of their cultural character so <laughs> yeah so that's why they opened uh, Moonbow Tipple Coffee and Sweets ah uh, jeez. <laughs> But the the thing here, the um, thing here is that everyone was outraged, rightly so, and because the article was poorly written, basically, and also wrong. They never they never spoke to an employee. Yeah, they only interviewed bosses. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any real research. They just basically act acted as a mouthpiece for the bosses. Right. So because of this uproar. The National Poopy Radio's public editor, uh, mm-hmm. Kelly McBride, wrote a response. And the response is basically like, shut up, babies. You're babies and you deserve nothing. 
Be satisfied with the slop we give you or die. Everything is wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with us. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you want to, yeah, wanna... referred to. So there was some, there was some good criticism of the story in uh, the discourse blog and Media Matters, and she refers to them as a couple of hot takes. <laughs> She's like, basically, it, this is like, this is such an an great and and wonderful example of doubling down. Well, and I want to I want to drill down here. So the thing that this story is that it's the, the story is premised on the idea that the six hundred dollar per week unemployment benefit uh, killed this woman's cafe because basically the the theory is that her employees stopped working because they could make more on unemployment than working at the cafe. It turns out that this is not true. And uh, in fact, she made the decision to close her cafe on her own. Yes. Uh, and lay yeah, off all her workers. Point out. And it also turns out that um, there's this, uh, there's a lot of things they don't discuss, such as that people applying for unemployment in Kentucky are going weeks without hearing from the state or receiving their payments. Um, and also that the cost of living uh, in Harlan is a lot lower. Um, uh, you know, it's the half the monthly income of someone who makes $300 a week as a barista. Um, much lower than a major American city. Um, and this, this quote from Discourse Blog says, in other words, read the NPR story and you'll get the impression that Lindsey Graham was right all along. A bunch of greedy workers are taking advantage of the CARES Act to get a bigger payday than they would by risking their health and that of their loved ones in order to make lattes. Take five minutes to look beyond and you'll find that the coronavirus and social distancing requirements killed a business that was surviving by severely underpaying its workers. And those workers, if they can manage to apply for unemployment in the first place, thankfully have a mechanism in place to help keep their heads above water until the end of July. Um, And yes, it's basically the NPR was promoting this base, this right wing talking point about, you know, that they use as a cudgel against unemployment. It's like you can't pay people not to work. They won't work. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, and it's just it's, crazy how they they cannot accept any responsibility. They cannot see any criticism. Um, I do because wanna, like here's the title of the blog post that the that the person put up, uh, uh, and I feel like it should give you pause in the first place. Interview with a coffee shop owner upset liberals. Here's what really happened. Well, and here's the blog post that the cafe owner oh. posted. We were forced to close our business, and the reason will surprise you. You won't believe what happens next. All <laughs> yeah. oh, these freaking nitwits. I think the thing that's frustrating, I mean, I'm I'm frustrated about these kind of business jerk offs that like do this sort of like um uh colonization uh they're like colonizers of rural America. They can mm. they can eat dirt. Um but like also I'm upset about the journalists, quote unquote, who who basically cannot fathom that they could ever have gotten anything wrong because any challenge of a liberal journalist journalist is like you're challenging their journalistic valor. You know what I mean? Like it's on the same plane as like uh being mean to a policeman. Mm-hmm. You know, like they just can't do it. And it, it really is gross, and I'm just, like, so tired of it. It's very bad. It says here, Sky and Jeff Marietta are passionate about rebuilding Main Street businesses in Appalachian, Kentucky. 
which is definitely a thing someone from Appalachian, Kentucky says. <laughs> yeah. This, I mean, this is why I'm glitchified. Yeah. We, we spoke about it last week. There's been a lot of questions about glitchification. Right. Um, so we thought we should address it. Because we, 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 we tossed the concept into the world. Um, but, you know, we like didn't, we, we don't have a manifesto for it or anything. So, no. You know. I, I, we're still working. The, still- the point of this, this podcast is not necessarily to fully explain ideas so much as it is to get them out there and, uh, you know, spread them uh, right. virus like. We're trying to prager you. <laughs> With good oh, ideas. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, soaking my beans. <laughs> uh, nice. We're just, we're just trying to, like, endow people with, like, the seeds of knowledge. Knowledge. And, Indeed. <laughs> and, you and, better and, use them. Then whatever, however you prune that tree, you know, that's up to right. you. But, yes. like, mostly I think the thing about glitchification is that that I want to make sure people understand is it's it you're glitching as a natural immune response to like worldwide insanity. Right. Glitchification is the, is the, I think what happens is you read something in the news and in the, in, in your mind, you have this feeling that this is, this is crazy and it shouldn't work this way. And it's insane that things are allowed to continue this way. And so like your body has like that feeling immune response it has a it has a thing that's supposed to happen and it's like in it's like in health sometimes we mistake the immune response for the disease but it's not that that's it's actually your body's supposed to inflame for a certain reason you know right um so you yeah don't look at glitchification as a bad thing don't look at it as a oh no oh no i'm glitchified no like embrace the glitchified like embrace that you're glitching because like you're working as you're constructed to work. Like you shouldn't be able to handle all of this craziness. If you, right. if you are, then you're a robot or something. You're something yeah. not right. Like you should look at the whole state of things and glitch. Like that's the yeah. normal response. Yeah. It's the state of looking at, you know, like looking at the amount of people who are going bankrupt from medical bills and, thinking that perhaps we could do this a different way you know rather than going with like the mainstream of like well that's just how it works it's the you know it is it requires you to sort of take a step back and separate yourself from what seems like the rest of society and go now wait a minute (laughs) because a lot of the uh, what are the other responses that people could have to this stimulus right so the stimulus Mm -hmm. is this broken worldwide insanity you can respond by um, like just trying not to think about it, like pretending it doesn't yeah. exist, like Com- compartmentalization, compartmentalization. There you go. Or you can respond by becoming angry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And angry is, it can be productive, but if you can't do anything, if you're stuck in your house on quarantine and you know, there's no like immediately, like, here's a step I can do. Like, just right. being That's the thing. upset think, and outraged isn't a good response either. I think the reason that a lot that like you and I became glitchified and several other people did uh, is sort of, you know, like Bernie dropped out and we were angry. We were channeling our anger into Bernie as a way to change the world. And then right. when Bernie dropped out and it was made clear to us that the Democratic Party will never allow us to change the world. They will never be that ha- vehicle. 
we have no vehicle for our anger, so we have to react in a more constructive way rather than letting the anger just sort of short circuit us and destroy us. And it's not and even so, acting. It's more just like exhaling. Don't hold that breath in. Just Right. <sighs> you just become glitchified. And so yeah. you read that and you just say, great. I love to see it. <laughs> just That's <sighs> the sound you make when you're glitchified. You're like, bleh. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now it's it's and people got to understand like kind of like the 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 ancestry <laughs> mm-hmm. of glitchified being glitchified like it's it's it, it has some relatives, right? Yeah. I mean, as with so, all great ideas, it 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 is descended from other ideas before it. Right. So, like the first one is like uh sicko mode. Yeah. Sicko mode. You were asking me about like how would you describe sicko mode, and I said something like it's like a, you know, when you're playing like a fighting game, like Killer Instinct or Street Fighter or something. Like if you can chain up your moves into a combo, Mm -hmm. then you sort of has this exponential effect, right? And it's like a combo streak for like violence or anger or action, right? Mm -hmm. That's sicko mode. You're going sicko mode. Like, you're yeah. on fire. You know what I mean? When you're on sicko mode, it's like... He's on fire! <laughs> that's how you know you're in sicko mode. Yeah. Now, I'm just so reading what, the under the uh, Urban Dictionary uh, uh, definitions of sicko uh, mode, and they're, they're not helpful. <laughs> they're not no. helpful. <laughs> Someone refers to it as a, as a cringe Zoomer term, which seems a little editorial. Um, hmm. Anyway. Is there a... Urban Dictionary for uh, glitchified? Because if think, not, we, I don't think we so. ought to put one in before a bad one gets put in. Yeah, that's true. Glitchified. Nope, not in there. Okay. There's well, glitchinate. Okay. And no, glitching ugh. off. No. Ugh. Yeah, ugh. I don't like that. Ugh. No. Um. So there's also uh, there's also the next. I think the next thing in in the in the sort of progression the ideas that came about was jokerfication right yeah <clears throat> so what's jokerfication jokerfication well so that's descended from the movie joker which is where you sort of i guess you know you um it's a sort of we live in a society although i have contempt upon it sort of thing where mm. it's all just sort of funny to you i guess um, right I so I you struggle. find all the broken brokenness hilarious, and you embrace the like sort of. It's like a. It's sort of nihilistic. Oh, there is a there is a definition here, which I think is actually pretty good. Okay, it's from March eighteenth. Jokerfication refers to a reaction to the betrayal of electoralism, manufacturing <coughs> consent, and the seeming impossibility to affect positive change through the quote proper means. That we should instead embrace absurdism or in in simplistic terms become like the Joker in the film Joker. There you go. Jokerfication. Yeah. So it's just like, listen, we've tried all of the non-absurd things and now we must try the absurd things. I think jokerfication is like what happens if you're glitchified for too long. Yes. Like it's it's like terminal glitchification. And then uh, the other option, there's like, so like, that's like almost like the tanky version. And then like the, the anarchic, like peace, peaceful option right. for like, cause these are all like ways you respond to this wacky world. The other is to just to get grill pilled. 
Grill pilled. Yeah. So this refers to um the uh meme of, you know, I just want to grill for God's sake. That's just a picture of a a cartoon of a guy grilling. And that's essentially in a nutshell what the reaction is, where you've just sort of had it with everything um and you just want to grill. You're you become And sometimes that's the right response because there's 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 this idea <laughs> there's this idea that's like very popular in self-help circles and it's like it was it was created i think it was presented by stephen covey in seven habits of highly successful people mm. where it's this notion that you have these spheres of there's like a sphere of <clears throat> um uh oh cr- crap what is it now i gotta look it up um the spheres of you have a sphere of or a circle i guess you could say you have a circle of concern so Mm -hmm. draw a circle and inside that circle put all of the things you're concerned about so you look at the world and you're like freaking kids in cages coronavirus uh unemployment uh, crashing like you look at all these issues that are bothering you. Yeah, uh, my sourdough starter is not working. My, you know, like <laughs> from small to big, and then inside of that there is a very much smaller circle of influence. Mm. So those are things that you're concerned about, but you actually have an influence on. And the trick is to focus on that instead of the entire large circle of concern because you can drive yourself crazy trying folks it focus and fixating on things that you have you have no influence over or you 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 just can't do anything about it when there are things that you do have influence on that you can focus on i think it's like a really good idea you know despite it coming from some place like that Mm -hmm. um and i think is is the response to be like well these things I have no control over, so I'm going to grill. Right. Yeah. Because I can control that. Right. <laughs> so that's getting grill pilled. Indeed. Something that makes you want to get grill pilled. It's like a, there's like a realization I had the other day. Um, and I actually think I found some tweets where they said the same thing. Um, <clears throat> well, it was like I saw the how the Democrats passed this coronavirus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this like, I think it was like the second round of stimulus stuff. Who knows? I and, mean, yeah. and they were, they were <laughs> like, we're going to, you know, they made like a much ado about, okay, this is the one, this is the one where we're going to get our, our, our really worthless demands anyway, like in, you know, like, but then it, they, they just conceded on every single point to the GOP. It was like, right. they didn't even yeah. try. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, exactly. not at all. Like, yeah. I saw Senator Schumer on the news that morning saying, like, there's some points. We're going to take a stand. And we're not going to concede. And then I, I literally, like, went back to bed for two hours. And I woke up and I saw the news alert. Democrats concede on everything. And it's like, <laughs> what's the, why? What's the point? Yeah. Why? And then there's this reply. On Twitter, where somebody said, uh, Democrats are the Washington generals paid to lose. Yeah. Now, it's a good observation, those, I think. Yeah. For those who don't know what the Washington generals are, they are the team that plays the Harlan, Harlem, Harlan, <laughs> the Harlem Globetrotters. 
which is uh, the, which is the like exhibition basketball team that does the yeah. cool the cool basketball tricks. They nominally play the Washington Generals, and they always beat the Washington Generals. So, and that's the point of the Washington Generals is there for them to lose. Yeah, they're just the yeah. Exactly. They're the he- They're like the 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 heel. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's all just a yeah. <clears throat> it's a performance, and it's not a real basketball game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. When you're asking, like, why are Dems doing this about, like, any of their motives, anytime you see them do something that doesn't make tactical sense, it will, like, disrupt any of, like, the good faith they've built up, just start assuming it's because it's more about, like, disparaging and dispiriting the left than anything else. Like, to to the Democrats, their enemy are not the Republicans. Their enemy is the left. Mm-hmm. And the sooner, like, as soon as, like, that really solidified in my mind, everything made so much more sense. And it allowed me to stop getting so frustrated, you know, by, like, having expectations that, like, they would do something. No, they're mm-hmm. not. The only thing yeah. they're going to do is whatever is going to trigger the they're left. Gonna, they're going to the make a big thing. show of it and then, and then fall flat on their face at the last moment. And, and the reason they the crazy thing to realize is that the why they make the big show is not because they're trying. They're trying to set up disappointment to dispirit you, to tear you down. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's not that they suck at their job. They're very good at their job mm-hmm. of just constantly wrecking you yeah. if you invest in them. Yep. It's or, not an accident. <laughs> yeah, it's not an accident. Or they realize that the other thing that you will do is you will like, it's like an abusive relationship where you will just accept it mm-hmm. and start to read into it as, no, this is good, actually. Right. Which is what I often mean when I talk about the sort of learned helplessness that a lot of people have with the Democratic Party. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess this is just going to be, we're going to have this guy as our candidate. And this is how it's going to be. I mean, that's how can't, it is, and it's fine, and it's going to be good, like can't change it. <laughs> so you know, uh, the answer to all that is like you you got you, you either got to like embrace being glitchified, accept it. You're beautiful, no matter how glitchy you get. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, just grill, just go and grill, just grill. go and go and garden. You know what I mean, like. Think about those things. I mean, part of the stuff that I've been doing is like working with the DSA and like trying, like trying to get involved there. And it's, it's interesting to like, we're, you know, we're working on trying to figure out like, okay, well, like what can we affect? What can we do and focus Mm -hmm. on that? And like, so I'm putting like effort into that, but I'm not trying to like follow the, all of the politics all day. Cause it's like, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way I think that you can insulate yourself from being overwhelmed by it is to become glitchified because that's the only way, you know, you either have to become glitchified or become grill pilled or whatever. Otherwise, you know, that's the only way that these things will bounce off of your brain. Otherwise they're, they'll sink in and they'll get their claws in. The goal is to get a smooth brain. You know what I mean? Like right in one way or another, you want this stuff to bounce off. I mean, maybe it's not a smooth brain. Maybe it's like a hard brain. Well, yes. I mean, it's a, it's like a bowling ball, very shiny and very tough. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day 
day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing